if you do have people loving and or hating your stuff, it means you're really doing something. You're doing something different. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's the energy you need to channel towards the people that are really loving what you're doing. Lean into that and try to not ignore what you're hearing, you know, from the more critical side, but to learn from it and just to say, yeah, this is painful. This does hurt, <laughs> but I can use this. They're saying something about my art and, you know, what can I kind of glean from that? It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm going to share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're going to show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, I'm excited to be here today with Danielle Tucker. So Danielle, we're talking a little bit uh, behind the stage. If you're watching this live and you see that I'm green right now, it's because I've intentionally decided to set up a software that changes the color of my face based on how I'm feeling. So if I'm angry, then I turn green. No, I'm just kidding. Camera's broken, but... That's okay. The show, the show must go on. So, so we're just we're green. I'm the Hulk, but I'm really excited to be here today with Danielle Tucker. So, Danielle is the founder of the Unstoppable Singer. They offer vocal coaching and mentoring, and totally focus on nurturing new talent in the industry. And she's also the host of the Unstoppable Singer podcast. She's an organizer of an annual virtual event, which I was a part of last year. It was incredibly well organized. It was a really awesome event to be a part of. And today I'm really excited to connect with her and talk about you know, some of the common characteristics of the musicians and the vocalists that she works with in terms of you know, what separates the artists who are able to become successful in the music industry versus artists who struggle and maybe give up. And that's a great topic for the beginning of 2024 when we're really looking at you know, developing the right mindset to be able to make this year the best one yet. So Danielle, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Michael. It's great to be here. And thanks so much for participating in uh, the summit last year. It was so great to have you. And I hope I didn't say anything triggering this morning that turned you green before we started, but I'll make it up. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was something about, you know, mentoring other people. It's just, it makes me so, so mad. It's yeah. like, Everyone should have to that. struggle and do it on their own <laughs> and no mentorship. <sighs> so unfair. <laughs> <laughs> well, Danielle, to kick things off, I'd love to hear a little bit about your story. How you got started, how you discovered the Unstoppable Singer and started working with musicians. Sure. Yeah. Well, like any good musician story, I started singing as a kid at a very young age and grew up in the church choir community, went through school inquire. My mom was the type of mom who took me to all of the pageants and the talent shows. And I kind of really got my first professional start on Ed McMahon's Star Search when I was a teenager. And from there, I began my career just working in cover bands, started doing some original music in the country genre, and recorded my first EP in Nashville. And then I joined a cover band with a group of guys that I had met in my church band. This is 
going back almost 30 years ago now, we be we became great friends. And then about 15 years later, decided to form this corporate show band together. And that project took off and, and was amazing. And then, you know, we were hitting like record numbers in our business. And then, you know, 2020 hits and just like for everybody else, things came to a screeching halt for us. And I kind of sat idle for maybe a month, but then, you know, being a very busy creative, like I needed something to do. I needed some way to connect with the community and feel like I was still somehow part of the world. And so I started up this uh, little weekly live stream with just local singers that were friends of mine. We'd get on every week and we would just kind of discuss, you know, how we were getting by and, you know, different things we were learning with our extra time, learning to build home studios or just finding those other avenues of income that we didn't know outside of the live performance space. And then from, and, and it just, it just kind of grew it. I was consistent with it. And that, that kind of sprung into this annual summit that I started that the Unstoppable Singer Summit that I uh, host every year where we bring in 30 to 40 industry professionals like yourself and just teach the singer musician community how to make a great living, how to thrive in this business. And, you know, fast forward to today, that's what I'm still doing. The podcast is growing. I love to put out weekly podcasts interviewing, you know, singers that have made great achievements uh, in their lives and careers. And it's super inspiring. So I'm glad to be here and share it with your audience. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's you, you, what you just shared too. It seems like a good, good entry point for the conversation today around mental resiliency and you know, entrepreneurship. And it, when when we have adversity or struggles, like twenty twenty happened, COVID happened. Yeah, you know, you took that as an opportunity to explore something new and mm -hmm. to you know create value and you know and that's you know blossom into something beautiful. And I'd love to hear your perspective, you know, for anyone that's listening to this or watching this right now, what do you see that kind of separates artists from, you know, being successful in the music industry, you know, specifically the artists that you work with, like singers, have you noticed any common patterns or trends between the ones that are most successful and the ones that struggle the most? Yeah, I really do. And that's really how the name of, you know, my brand started, The Unstoppable Singer. I've interviewed a well over, I think, a 120 professional singers and musicians at this point. And these are, you know, these are top vocal contractors, world-class musicians who have, you know, seen the absolute highest peaks and valleys that you can in a career. And I have noticed a through line and it definitely always shines through in the final question that I ask each of my interviewees is, what is it that makes you unstoppable? And mm -hmm. that almost always comes down to having a very resilient spirit. You know, these are that, that characteristic of just having uh, a lot of grit and willing to be very vulnerable in this industry, willing to examine every success and failure to learn from it, and to just become the type of person who um, doesn't let anything get in their way. You know, there's meaning in every obstacle that comes up for them, and they take it, they embrace it, and learn from it, and use it to kind of propel them into the next 
season of their career. So that's definitely, that is the common characteristic that I see in all of these successful musicians. Mm. I, I love it. And that what that reminds me of is this phrase of you're turning poison into medicine mm. and in uh, like alchemy in a sense, you know, mm -hmm. it's this idea of like you have challenges, you have these issues, but they actually can be something that's powerful, like a, a springboard that actually is a blessing. Yeah. Um, so as it relates to building that resiliency and you know, for someone who, you know, you know, maybe they have a history of, you know, of challenges, you know, that they're looking to overcome and, and they feel overwhelmed with the amount of things that are on their plate. How do they start to actually develop that kind of mental resiliency and how do they, yeah, how do they overcome bigger issues? Yeah. Well, you know, I think one of the first things is just kind of examining the lens through which, through which you view your struggles, your challenges in the industry. You know, are you taking every, every failure, every problem that comes your way personally and using that as an indicator that things are not going right for you or that this is all a mistake? Or are you saying, okay, you know, this, this problem is being laid before me for a reason. How can I use this in my favor? So I think that would be the first thing is just examining kind of how you typically cope with your problems. And, and that that's hard. That's a hard question to ask yourself. It, it requires you to be brutally honest about the way you view the world, you know? And um, I think if you do come to a realization that, wow, you know, I do take all of this very personally, that will open a door to kind of flip the switch on that. And then, you know, that will allow you to uh, take other steps that kind of cultivate, then grow or that resilient muscle inside of you. It really is. It's, it's something that you have to work on, establish as a habit. And, um, you know, one example I can give of something that kind of helps to start flexing that muscle or, or at least working it is to kind of setting goals. Like, let's say, you know, you know what your measurable, achievable goals are. That'll help you stay motivated and focused. And when you're setting those goals and setting the kind of measurable indicators that whether you're, you know, on the right path to what you're doing, you can set up certain markers of potential downfalls that you might encounter on your path and come up with some solutions ahead of time. So for instance, let's just say, you know, you're recording an album. We know that, you know, recording an album requires budgeting and, you know, and, and funding and everything. And, you know, something that a lot of artists run into mid creation is they run out of budget and then they think, well, how am I ever going to finish this? You know, but if, if we have planned ahead of time, you know, to say, okay, well, this is my budget. What will I potentially do if costs end up being a little bit higher than I anticipate? Are there other resources I might be able to potentially tap into along the way? So, you know, we've, we've kind of created this safety net for ourselves going forward. So I think just the, the planning, the setting goals and, you know, being very strategic in that fashion, you know, 
Um, there's, you know, other things that I think help to develop that resiliency is just learning from rejection. You know, I, I'm sure as everybody has experienced in this field, you're going to hear no left and right. You're going to, you're going to hear from haters online trolling. You're going to hear the opinions of others on the, you know, the art that you're creating, but just learning to separate your heart and soul from, from those words and just compartmentalize those and just take them for what they are, recognizing that, you know, if you do have people loving and or hating your stuff, it means you're really doing something. You're doing something different. And, you know, it's, it's the energy you need to channel towards the people that are really loving what you're doing. Lean into that and try to not ignore what you're hearing, you know, from the more critical side, but to learn from it and just to say, yeah, this is painful. This does hurt, <laughs> but I can use this in my favor. You know, they're saying something about, you know, my, they're saying something about my art and, you know, what can I kind of glean from that? Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, another thing I think is really being, learning to adapt to change. I think we all learned a huge lesson from that when COVID hit. It was so unexpected. And, you know, we're all just kind of living our best lives and doing our thing and, and kind of expecting a certain future for ourselves. And when the rug was pulled out from underneath us, it really caught many of us in a very tricky spot. You know, we either had all our eggs in one basket in that, like the live performance space and just didn't have anything else to turn to, or we just simply didn't know what to do with ourselves if we didn't have that creative live performance, you know, outlet, I guess. So just kind of developing habits and practice around acceptance that, you can plan for the future, but there's always a strong likelihood that things are going to change. And if you look into the future and say, hey, I've got a great plan for my future, I've got a strategy, but I also have an open heart and mind knowing that things could end up radically different a few months from now, and I'm going to be okay if that happens. Mm -hmm. So those are, mm -hmm. those are a few things that, you know, I, I mm -hmm. tactics that I've used along the way. In my own mm. life, too. You know, I'm, I am just as much in step with the singers and musicians that I work with. I'm living this in my own life every day as well. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. And I, I think it requires a certain, like, humbleness to admit that all of us are, like, still figuring this stuff out. And, it, and it's just the truth is things are changing so quickly, too. What was true 10 years ago is not necessarily true now. And now, you know, AI is also coming on board and changing everything. So having the right mindset and being able to adapt quickly and being resilient, you know, it seems like those are really the core things to focus on in a world that, you know, so much can change. Mm -hmm. And what you're describing around the, the value of planning, while also having an open heart and open mind to be able to adjust, seems like that's such a core principle that a lot of the most successful people in the world have, have really embraced that idea of 
what man plans and God laughs is one of the phrases to describe it. You know, planning is invaluable, but plans are useless. You know, there's, there's a lot of these quotes and wisdom around this idea of the act of planning, of you know, using your brain to imagine the future, setting goals is super valuable. But if you're too attached to the specific outcome or the goal, then that can get in the way because you know, life, life changes. I would love to hear you talk a little bit more about this idea of like, when you're, what you were describing earlier around taking responsibility and how that applies to a lot of different things like trolls. You know, all of us as musicians certainly are going to face, in fact, I'd say, let, let's lean on this because I know that this is like a big pain point that all of us struggle with and, mm-hmm. and it's only, it, it doesn't go away. Like, it only gets more pronounced. The more successful you become, the more trolls, trolls you will have, the more, you know, the more hate that, that will come. Yeah. And I, I know for a lot of musicians, especially, that's, it can be really challenging. So yeah, maybe we can go a little bit deeper on, on this topic of dealing with criticism or trolls and how, how do you you separate what's actually constructive and helpful and glean the value from it while not taking it personally and while while also you know acknowledging that there's different types of feedback and some is just not constructive at all and some actually it is is helpful mhm yeah i love the fact that you use the word responsibility because that's a really critical thing to understand about managing yourself in the spotlight really is knowing that you are solely responsible for the direction in which you decide to take everything that is inevitably going to come at you. No matter what level of the business you're in, whether you are just a superstar or just, you know, kind of a a local hero, you know, you're, you're, going to have people who love what you do, who hate what you do. You're going to have people rooting for you when you have successes. And then you're going to have people hating on you when you have successes just out of, you know, jealousy, you're going to make mistakes and in the public spotlight. And the first thing I believe really is just taking complete responsibility for that. And knowing that you can always go one of two directions with these things that happen. You can take it down a path of negativity and victimization and hurt and destruction to your self-worth and self-esteem, or you can take it down another road of learning, growth, development, forgiveness, contribution, you know, to the community. And, and those can be some incredibly hard decisions to make because it's our, our hearts and minds are usually, you know, running the show. So these are really habits and things that you have to practice. And I think it's important, you know, once you've really kind of developed that habit of, of in the moment asking yourself, okay, you know, I'm upset. I'm feeling my feelings. This does hurt. I acknowledge that. I'm mad, I'm mad, I'm sad, I'm embarrassed. I'm, you know, whatever shade of emotion it is, I'm saying Angry. I'm going to let this settle. <sighs> yes. And I think we all know where you're at today. You know, <laughs> just saying acknowledging where you're at in that moment, but and letting it simmer as long as you need it to, but not being um reactive to the point where you're uh, popping off on social media and responding to every little comment or email or, you know, that, that comes your way, but just kind of, you know, letting it sit for a minute, 
looking at it from a couple of different angles. And I think there's some questions that you can ask about those criticisms to determine, is this something I can learn and grow from and use in my favor? Or is just this just straight up trash? You know, I think some of those questions come down to who is it that's dishing this out to me? You know, is this a person that I respect? Is this a person who is achieving and excelling and operating at a higher frequency than me? You know, someone that I would aspire to be? Is this someone that I know to be trustworthy? Or is this somebody who tends to coddle me and, you know, kind of over or, or I don't know, enable me in certain things. So it's important to ask those questions. And if you can confidently say that this is a person, I respect the feedback that they're giving me. And I, I, I accept it as feedback rather than destructive in nature towards me. That's a good question to ask. And then if it's coming from a general public, you know, people that you don't personally know, I think an important question to ask is the gen the public the general public at large is this a common criticism that I'm hearing you know am I hearing this you know if you've got a thousand comments on a song mm -hmm. let's just say and mm. one out of a thousand <laughs> is super harsh you know mm. I think it's easy to say we can just discard that and let that be that person's beef. But <laughs> if you have developed an audience that's very loyal to you and, and really loves your music and you say you've done something different and you've got an uproar, you know, from your audience saying, what <laughs> is this? You know, listen to it and just ask yourself questions. Think about what is what was the motivator that caused you to do that different thing or say that different thing? And did you, what was your intent behind it? And did you intend for it to be something new and creative that you wanted to offer that audience? Or was it something careless or mindless that you just threw out there? Or was it something that you just didn't necessarily think through? And I think that, you know, if you have that close connection with your audience, I think it's a good thing to acknowledge it and address it, you know, very honestly and, you know, just say, hey, I, I hear you, but I want you to know from my heart, here's why I did this certain thing or made this certain change in who I am. And and I'm okay with it. And I hope that eventually you will be, you know, so I think those are some things that that can help to address those things that are just, it's just inevitable. Mm. So good. Yeah, there's, because of the fact that it's never going to go away, like, the, like, and that's going to be a bigger issue as you grow is that you have more people that don't resonate with you or that don't you know, like your music. and and you know some of the most successful musicians of all time you know they have more haters than like almost anyone else too yeah. sort of like understanding that that definitely helps in terms of not taking it personally and just the the process of being able to like create some space from yourself and your own perspective and not take it personally it seems like a superpower to be able to develop yeah it really is 
So we, we talked a little bit about this idea of taking responsibility, you know, and, and ownership. And it, it does seem like that word responsibility is a powerful kind of foundation for like, how do you view life and the world and your, your role in the world? And this is one of those core like lenses as, as you, the word you described it, a lens that basically either flavors the world in a very empowering way or flavor, flavors it in a very challenging and victimizing way. Um, I, I would love to hear you talk a little bit about the idea of responsibility versus like the victim mindset mm -hmm. and specifically like talking about the, the victim mindset what are some of the traps or some of the ways of thinking that when we notice that like all of us have both of these things in us and we have the potential to, you know, to feel sorry for ourselves and, and some, and, you know, it can be okay. Sometimes, sometimes mm -hmm. we can feel sorry for ourselves, but you know, for to fall into a habit of kind of taking that, that lane can be really unempowering. So I, I would love to hear if you have any recommendations as it relates to just self-monitoring and noticing certain lenses or ways of looking at it that might be an indicator that we're falling into this trap of being a victim versus you know, taking responsibility for ourselves. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to talk about that. This is definitely something that's really, it's really close to me. The past two years have been a very challenging season, a season of just like radical change in my life, coming from a very comfortable space in my life, some in a place where I was really thriving. And then, you know, some very major things took a turn for me. And I want to go back to the comment that I made either uh, earlier, which is, you really do have that decision to take things in one direction or another, you can put a spin on anything in any way that you want to. And uh, let's say, you know, you decide to take it down that negative route of um, kind of victimization. Um, that type of thinking will be a downward spiral, you know, and sometimes we can't, we just can't talk ourselves out of that. And that's okay. You know, that, that is just, that's part of the human experience. We all go through that. And I think if you find yourself in that space where you just are feeling low and defeated and just feel like nothing is going right. And you just can't get a hit. You can't get anything to work right. You're, you're in a mindset, you're in a place, you know, and, and, and accepting it and just, I know it doesn't feel like it in the moment. It can be so isolating, but knowing you are not alone in that space. Many of us mm. find ourselves in that space. And I think recognizing it for what it is, is probably that first step is just not ignoring it and just living in the muck and like mire of that, like every single day. But if you can at some point stop and say like, okay. I recognize that these are emotions. It's not necessarily reality. Then I think you can begin to take steps forward. And, you know, I'm a huge advocate of, you know, getting help from those that can help you reaching out, reaching out to friends and family and your community, seeking the, you know, guidance of a therapist, mindset coaches, you know, looking for different resources online that are uplifting, inspiring things that are books, you know, movies, anything, anything that will trigger good emotions, good thoughts in your mind. You know, we're constantly feeding ourselves 
you know, you are what you eat. And so that, that comes to like what it is that you're putting in your brain as well, you know, and then, but again, we, we also have that choice of going down the other road and that can be equally as challenging as going down the road of negativity because to take a negative situation or negative feedback and go down a positive road with it requires you to give up the vice of victimization. Victimization mm. can be a very easy, you know, drug to thrive off of, you know, it makes us feel like, I don't know, it gives off a certain hormone in our body. And sometimes when you decide to take a higher road with something, you have to let go of that. And going back to, you know, this season of my own life, I lived in the challenge of what I was going through. And I felt through the emotions, which were, you know, very difficult. And I certainly jumped into the pool of victimization quite a few times. But then I got to a point where I, I recognized, you know, where my responsibility was in getting to where I had gotten and then recognize that it's my responsibility to get myself out of this too. And mm -hmm. so I made that decision that, you know, I've, I handled my situations, did everything that I could to, you know, make them right, turn the situations around and gave it, you know, my best effort, my best energy. And then I had to acknowledge it's time to leave that there and move forward, you know, and I can't continue to pick up what's happened in the past. And so now, you know, as I am in this space where I'm moving forward, I have energy building, I have momentum building. When I have those moments that kind of, you know, dip me into that pool of, of you know, victimization or just kind of feeling sorry for myself, I have that ability to control that. We all can control our thoughts. You, you, just have to tell yourself, okay, stop. I, I see what's happening here. You know, I, for the last five minutes, I've been thinking about how terrible this situation is or this comment or whatever. Just stop. You know, that is not serving me at all. You know, I can live in that for like the next 10 hours today, or I can just let it go and keep moving forward. And that is a big key is recognizing that you can control those thoughts, but you have to take responsibility for that and work that habit of doing that. You know, there's a great psychologist online who I heard this example from, I'm totally spacing on his name right now, but anyways, he, he tells his listeners to do this practice, which is to, you know, close your eyes and picture an elephant sitting on your driveway and now picture him juggling circus balls and now picture him doing cartwheels, you know, all, all of these different things and now open your eyes and he's just proven to you that you can control your thoughts. You told your mind where to go with that scenario. <laughs> and so we all have that ability to just say like, okay, stop. This isn't serving me. It's time to like go down, go mm. down another path that is going to serve me better energetically. Mm. And yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's super powerful. I mean, this is some like 
deep level human work that we're doing here that can really ripple out across many different facets of, of our lives, you know, in addition to our, our music. But a couple of the points that you brought up that I feel like are extremely um, beneficial are when you talked about the victim mindset and sort of noticing the payoff, like in that there is, you actually have to let go of something, like you're getting something out of the victim mindset that kind of feels good. Like there is a certain, like it gives you, you know, an excuse to, it's almost like you get to feel a bit sorry for yourself. And, and I'm saying this as someone who has, has been there and I've, you know, it's something that, you know, I have experienced as well. Sort of that, that payoff, that weird kind of bittersweet payoff of like getting to feel sorry for yourself and having, and, you know, letting that go is, you know, you are letting go of something, but also, you know, acknowledging what you get out of the equation as well. So I would love to invite anyone who's here live to ask any specific questions that you have from Danielle. And if you'd like to, you can raise your hand to come on here live. Otherwise, you can also share them in the chat. And I'm happy to, to share those with Danielle as well. So I see Daniel has, has his hand up. So let's bring Daniel on here live. Hey, how are you? Hello, everybody. I totally forgot this podcast was happening. And then I was like, oh, my God. And I'm so glad that I tuned in. This is awesome stuff. You know, I think we all struggle with that self-pity thing. I sound like a broken record this week. And I just celebrated five years of sobriety on, on, on Saturday. And the only reason why I bring that up, not to like be all full of myself, because it's, you know, it's a lot of people stay sober their whole it's, time. It's an incredible um, accomplishment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's really the only reason why I bring it up is because it was a huge part of why I drank. I mean, that self-pity thing, you know, like mm -hmm. there's nothing I say to sponsees a lot of times, there's nothing more delicious than a good resentment or a good, oh God, self-pity. That's like a big piece of steak, man. If I can sit around feeling sorry for myself, I can waste, I can spend a lot of time. Like that's an activity right there. That's an afternoon. Like, oh my God, they didn't watch my video and I spent so much time making it or like they didn't do this or like I posted this, I sent out a mass email and I only got like three responses. You know, like it's like a very real feeling. And I think, I, I think it's okay. I mean, one of the things that I've, I mean, and I, so I want to get your opinion on this. I guess it's my question, because I think we sometimes have a tendency to want to be perfect as well. And perfectionism is, a, that's also a dangerous drug, you know? So like, I want to get your thoughts on like giving yourself the grace to be human and like, kind of like, let yourself have those feelings because we're going to have them. I mean, it's like when I break that serenity prayer down, the things that I know is that like, you know, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Like feelings are going to happen. Like they're just going to happen. And can I not beat myself up about them and use those negative feelings, you know, like to, to learn from them. And if I'm learning from them and if I'm not staying there too long for me, one of the big things is gratitude lists. That's a huge thing. Like gratitude lists like are, are major. And then also garnering some inspiration from people that I'm not necessarily a fan of because, you know, I've, I was thinking like, you know, so I'm at like when, if somebody leaves me a comment, like your music sucks, you know, like <laughs> I'm like, then I'm all like a, touching my pearls, like all affronted about it. And then like the reality is, you know, I mean, there's plenty of people who I'm like some huge musicians that I'm just not a fan of, you know, it's like, I, I like most music, thank God they don't listen to my opinion. 
Like, and they're just going about their merry way and they're employing people and they're successful and they're supporting their families and they're, they're paying for their health insurance and their groceries and everything. And thank God they're not like stopping everything they're doing and going, you know, that musician, Daniel Cartier hates us. We should just stop. (laughs) We should just stop. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't like us and like, not like, you know, so thank goodness. So I can actually garner inspiration from people that i'm not necessarily a fan of or like think about like people like remember when britney spears was getting like she was all over the media Mm -hmm. for shaving her head and all that stuff you know but she you know and she obviously you mentioned like obviously had a lot of haters at the same time man she kept getting on that stage kept showing up and like so who had the Mm -hmm. last laugh you know anyway so i i just i i'm sorry to blab i blab but so i i guess my thing is what do you think about the whole thing of for, like allowing ourselves to to go there for a little while and and just kind of like allow ourselves like the humanity of you know those feelings? Hmm. Make sense? Yeah. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Daniel. That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it, the, I, I appreciate the, the quote unquote blabbing. I think it's it's uh, fantastic and and congratulations on five years of sobriety. I think that's a huge inspiration. Yeah, you know, I I agree that talking about perfectionism is a huge key component to all of this, you know, when it comes to mindset and just from an artistry perspective, uh, perfectionism is, it's so vanilla. You know, if you are putting out perfect art into the world, you are basing that off of some sort of a formula or model that you have um, sourced. And, um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's easy to imitate and model yourself after something and try to, you know, try to get every single point right. But perfectionism is also such a facade and it's such thin ice that we skate on, you know, it, it it will eventually something's going to break through that. And you use the Britney Spears example. That's a really good example. You know, here's someone who was in the spotlight who every teenage girl wanted to be and every teenage boy wanted to be with. And and <laughs> she was like our image at that moment in in history. and And she had to we didn't know what was going behind the scenes at that time. Now we know more, you know, what she was up against trying to please her family and her handlers and maintain this image. And it broke her. It just mentally broke her. And it's, it, it oozed its way into the public in a really tragic ways through what we saw in her actions and just, you know, getting glimpses of her private health, mental health struggles. We saw it, how it was impacting, you know, her, her relationships, her children, and trying to maintain something like that is destructive, you know, and it's, and it's not, it's a tough path to walk down. And I think we've all experienced that to some degree, but it's such a gift when you come to a place in your life where you recognize that your imperfections your unique quirks, even your biggest character flaws are who you are in the world. Mm -hmm. And there's value in every single dimension of that. 
even when it's a negative aspect of you, that is something that you contribute to the world when you show the world what you're going to do with that, you know? And, and so, you know, I think we've seen all kinds of, you know, comeback stories that are like wildly inspirational and have turned so many lives around. But I think the sooner we can all get to a place where we give ourselves that grace and just, mm. we can be kind to ourselves. And just when we can, we can catch those moments when we're being super critical of what we're doing and just be like, you know what, this is not really something that I need to change about me. You know, it's, why am I putting so much energy into, you know, this small little thing when it's just, part of who I am. It's not going to make a huge, you know, it's not going to be earth shattering to anybody if I don't, I don't know. I don't know if, if let's just take body image as, as a singular example, like, uh, the general public's not going to probably see two to three pound weight gain or loss, you know, when in sometimes in our minds, it can be huge and inflated. It's just, you know, that's a small example, but just being able to once again, go back to the concept of responsibility and just know that, you know, you're responsible for kind of wrangling those thoughts and reining them in, you know? Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so good. And it seems like a lot of what you're describing in, in this whole conversation today has been really about acceptance and, you know, having grace to sort of be present with where things are right now, whether you're in a place of like struggle or challenge or wherever you are, like you are there and it's okay to be, you know, where you're at. And, you know, if you notice yourself having a victim, quote unquote, victim mindset, then, you know, even with that, like you have to sort of accept that and be like, okay, like that's what's happening right now versus you got angry about it, then you have like a victim mindset about having a victim mindset about having, yeah, there's like this endless cycle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I love what you said about having the grace to accept who you are and acknowledging that, you know, you're not a perfect human and, and none of us are perfect humans. And in a lot of cases, our, our flaws, our imperfections are actually the things that give us character. And they're actually the things that you know, allow us to, to be authentic and to be who we are. Yeah. Really powerful reminder. Mm -hmm. Well, Danielle, uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, I am not nearly as angry as I as I look because <laughs> I'm the Hulk right now. But I really appreciate this conversation. I, I think that this kind of inner work is really at the core of what leads to like a happy life, as well as music career and success in general. So, thank you for for being that voice for for all of us and. For those of us who are watching or listening to this right now, what would be the best place for them to go to connect more if they're interested in learning more from Unstoppable Singer? Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Michael. I love this conversation so much. The best place to get started with me is to check out my podcast, The Unstoppable Singer, which is on every other, every major podcast platform where I talk to singers and musicians every week and we have super inspiring conversations and I kind of keep everybody up to date on what's going on with the Unstoppable Singer and the events that that I produce uh, with that through the podcast and I'm on Instagram at Unstoppable Singer. Awesome. Well, like always, we'll put all the links in the show notes for easy access 
And Danielle, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure. Yeah! <laughs> hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then that'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That, that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.